Welcome to the French Wedding Podcast with your host Naim, the only podcast in English about weddings in France. Great conversations, tips and insights about your French wedding, some wisdom before your big day, and the opportunity to hear wedding professionals actually living and working in France, only for your day to be the most amazing to remember. Hello everyone and welcome to the French Wedding Podcast. Greetings from France, this is the place we're recording this show. I'm Naim, professional ceremony officiant based in my hometown Paris and I created this show especially for future brides and grooms willing to get married in Paris or anywhere in France. Each episode is an occasion to meet a main actor of the industry, can be a vendor such as a wedding planner, hair and makeup artist, bridal salon, videographer, venue owner, bloggers, you name it. This show exists to bring you some insight about how people do things in France regarding the wedding industry, but we also share funny stories, things to know, and special memories when we happen to work together on the very same wedding. After 25 years in the fashion industry, she developed a deep respect for doing less. In the course of the last decade, she decided to put aside her fashion work and found a traveler, a travel planning service providing and promoting slow travel. So without further delay, please welcome on the show Coco Clicks, your guide to a slower way to travel. Coco, welcome to the show. Thank you, Naim. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me and the audience today. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. I was looking forward uh, to speak to you. And I think we can kickstart with one topic that I've uh, seen going through your website is slow travel is the new luxury. I really, really love that. Can you explain me what's behind it? Um, yes, I would love to because it's something that I feel really strongly about. Well, first, yes, slow travel, slow is a new luxury. That's one of my, my taglines. Um, and why do I feel that way? Because I think in this um, increasingly busy, demanding world that we live in and the lives that we lead, where we're constantly working on deadlines and rushing from here to there, um, I think slowness and taking time to do nothing is kind of a luxury that um, people rarely allow for themselves or create in life. And sometimes, um, you know, we all, well, most of us, I think, understand in general terms, this concept of slow living. But um, the reality for most people is that slow living is not really attainable in your everyday life, you know? You can have moments slow, but to be really slow living, it's just not possible for a lot of people or they don't know how to implement it. But when you travel, um, this is an opportunity to live your life in a different way for a week um, and incorporate slow living into that, that week. Um, and one of the things that I always counsel my, my, uh, my travel clients is that, you know, instead of building an itinerary where you're one day here and then you're rushing over there, you have one day there and then another day here, you know, I always tell them, you know what, pick 
your favorite place and just stay there for the whole week. Instead of running around to like five different places when you're just going to spend your entire vacation traveling from one place to the other, you know, you can you can stay on a train the whole time or rush around at home all the time. So why would you want to do that on your vacation? And um, so why I think it's like the new luxury, because I think that um, this is something that people are really craving and are ready for. And um, it's kind of a luxury that they can give themselves that they can't get in their normal everyday life. So it's something that it's a luxury that we can build into their vacation or their travel experience um, that doesn't necessarily cost anymore, but um, the return investment is is really valuable. That really resonated with me when I when I first read that because uh, I'm a big big fan of uh, less is more. I really like this uh, time is the new luxury time is the new currency after all reducing all the all the rush and all the stress in our everyday life you end up realizing that time is the most important thing yes and i think intentional slowing down is the antidote for the the stress of of modern life but it's as our life gets more and more modern and more and more busy it's increasingly difficult to bring the slowness into your everyday life so slow travel sometimes is the only way that people can experience slow living you're the founder of traveler your company a boutique travel service you provide slow travel group tours and custom travel planning what's behind that well um so i want to bring my slow travel paradigm to Um, people's vacations and also their group tours. Um, so I have two kinds of travel clients. I have what I call like retail clients. These are like individuals or families who want to plan a trip together. Um, and sometimes they're in like individuals, sometimes they're couples, sometimes they're small families, or sometimes it's like um, a group, like a family group or a special birthday that they want to celebrate, something like that. And then I also organize uh, tours, retreats, and workshops for businesses or brands. So it could be like a magazine or it could be uh, maybe a photographer who wants to do a photography retreat or a painter who wants to do a painting retreat or um, maybe even a magazine who wants to do like a lifestyle tour. So in that case, um, I'm working, my client is the person who wants to create the tour workshop or retreat. And then their clients are the attendees or the guests who come along. Right. So you are kind of advising people on how to spend their time wisely. Yes. And um, I think it's, I mean, in both cases, people usually come to me with a long list of all the things that they want to do. Um, and my job is um, partially to help them navigate their options and find the one that best suits their, their, their goals in terms of what they want to experience. 
and then to try to create an itinerary that that makes their their primary experience that they want to have the best it can be um, but also that means usually editing out all the other stuff that is not important or is just going to complicate things or is just going to make too much um transport back and forth back and forth all the time so a lot of times i'm actually editing out like half the things that people want to do but wow yeah <laughs> but in the end um they really thank me for it because they think oh wow we had such a great time in this one village but we wouldn't have had that magical experience where the bartender at that cafe invited us to go check out his farm where he grows his special red bell peppers that he makes a you know a, a snack at the bar with but we wouldn't have been able to do that if we were on a train going to another village you know so um, in the end, I think that their experience is, is much more valuable and um, more local, you know, like they really experience what is happening in that one village and meet people from that village or experience something that can only be had in that one village, as opposed to kind of having a, a superficial experience in three villages, which may be less memorable. You know, in the end, you might not re remember any of the villages because you didn't have any real uh, meaningful experience in any of them that would make you really remember your time there. That sounds pretty overwhelming when you realize that you must have lived uh, 20,000 life to know a network that deep in uh, in all the the circuits that you're uh, proposing to your clients. How did it all start? How did you have the idea, the sparkle for Traveler? Well, um, let's see, how did it start? In a previous life, I was a fashion designer. Um, for right. 25 years, I, w I worked in fashion. And um, at the last few years of that, um, I uh, worked in a consultant freelance basis because um, I was really missing a work-life balance. Um, and I had worked really hard for like 15 years, 20 years, and I realized that I had missed out on a lot of my life and my travel, which is so important to me. And so um, I went to, I went freelance in order to try to recapture some of that life work balance. And um, I started organizing trips in the summer to the south of France um, with my friends and family where we would rent a big villa and um, stay there for a week or two and just hang out and really do as much nothing as possible. Um, and that doing nothing, just, you know, like going to the market in the morning, buying some local vegetables and experiencing and trying local snacks and then stopping at the, the winery on the way home and getting the local rosé and then going home and making a big lunch and laughing and taking a little swim and taking a nap in the evening and, and going for a walk. I mean, this is like, to me, it just seemed like real living. <laughs> you know, of it was course. all the kind of stuff that's not happening. 
in my apartment in New York city. So, Mm. um, yeah. And it just became, it was so rewarding and so enriching and it just made my life so much warmer and, and like appreciated. Um, and I got such great, um, feedback from my friends and family and each year the the villa would get bigger more people would come we would stay for longer like you know until it would got to be like two or three villas and we would stay for like oh five God. weeks and people were coming and going and then and people started asking me hey can you organize this same thing for me and my family next summer and i would say i would love to and i truly did love to, you know, because wow. I just have such a good feeling in my heart when I know that I'm bringing these experiences to people that enrich their life and make their life more satisfying. And um, soon I realized, hey, you know what, I'm getting so much more reward and return doing this than I am doing fashion. You know, um, after so many years in fashion, I was kind of getting tired um, of, you know, so much work and uh, kind of manipulation about selling a new dress, you know, that was in the next and disposable and forgotten about. And it was all about the next dress, you know, and it was rewarding me the way that it was. Um, when I first started fashion, the business was very different. And by the time I ended, um, the, the industry was going in a direction that seemed really unfulfilling to me. Um, it was just about doing more and more volume, um, at smaller and smaller margins, clothes becoming more disposable, less important, less about design. It was more about marketing. So all these things, chipped away at what I loved about fashion, which was kind of creating beauty and having um, this kind of like perfect fashion moment in a fashion show or a photo shoot. Um, and, And I realized that I was having so much more meaning in my life planning these vacations um (laughs) and and then i discovered instagram and on instagram i um found somebody uh her name is beth kirby and she has a company called local milk um and she was doing these slow living retreats and i was absolutely fascinated by this whole concept And I recognized what I was doing. I said, wait, this is what I'm doing with my my five-week-long vacations that I'm planning with my friends and family and their friends and family. Um, And so I thought, okay, well, hey, this is like a business. People can do this. Like, this is a thing, you know? Um, And so I thought, okay, well, why don't I try this? Um, And that's where I got this concept for Traveler that... I was going to um, organize these slow living or creative um, based retreats for people. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of, I'm lucky to have a lot of creative, um, really inspiring artists in my life, in my professional and personal relationships. And I thought, okay, well, this is a great way to start, um, to work with these people who have a strong following and um, have something to offer. And, you know, it's a great chance for me to work 
with my friends and do something that develops their business um, and also make a business out of it for myself. Um, and so I started doing these retreats with um, people who were either wellness um, experts or artists or some, they had something to give, something that people wanted to learn. Um, and so that's, that's how I started. Um, and um, I also, from the start, did like personal vacation planning as well, because what happens is that um, all the attendees who come on a tour or workshop or retreat, um, obviously, to some degree, they are into what I'm doing, which is slow travel um, or like enriched travel, you know, um, and they are interested in having those kind of trips themselves. Uh, so they kind of became like the retail travel clientele for me as well. Um, and sort of early on in, in travelers life, um, I was really, really lucky to connect with some, um, influential people in the wedding world, which I really didn't have much of a grasp on. Um, I mean, I had a little insight into it um, through fashion because obviously there's the, the bridal industry, you know, like bridal dresses and stuff, but it wasn't really a, a market that I knew much about. Um, but when I started working with um, this kind of wedding and lifestyle magazine and some, um, really talented, uh, creative influencers in the wedding world, I realized quickly that, wow, there's this whole world, this whole industry, this whole level of creative excellence that is really in line with what I'm into. And, um, I noticed that the same people that I loved working with in fashion world were all working in wedding world. So like the designer, yeah, the designers, the makeup artists, the photographers, the kind of set designers or, you know, creative directors right. that I worked with um, in fashion were all working in, in wedding world. Um, and um it was great. I just fit right in because I spoke that language. I understood the, the, the kind of things that are important to those people about look and, you know, mood and lighting and colors and all this kind of stuff right. that was always discussion on the table in fashion world. Um, but, and what I found the most important thing is that all the people, all these great creative people, in wedding world were so much happier because they were getting paid. They were eating. <laughs> Whereas mm -hmm. yeah. in the fashion world, they are not getting paid and they are not eating. Right. So um it just seemed like a perfect fit. And um and I think that um my colleagues felt the same about me. Like they they saw that I had the same kind of um like uh, creative and Vision. aesthetic values as they did so there was an immediate connection and and trust happening there 
you know, like when we had to spend a lot of time, a lot of money or resources, just getting the look of the place the right way. I didn't bat an eye mm-hmm. at that. I totally understood that. You know what I mean? Whereas maybe another travel partner would not understand <laughs> the importance of, uh, of all these details in the, in the end results. And what year was that? What year uh, did you realize that wedding industry was related to yours? I guess that must have been like 2006, 2007, maybe. Uh, I think 2006, yeah, late 2006. As I started working more with these people, you know, like I said, I was really lucky to start working with top influencers at the beginning. Um, And when you work with great people at the start, then other great people are attracted to you and they see, oh, you worked with so-and-so. Oh, what did you do with them? You know, and then they see, oh, actually you're, you're doing something that I need to, you know? Um, so it kind of just happened word of mouth from there, you know, and, and more and more, I kept getting, um, attracted to and sort of adopted into the, the, the wedding world. And so now I would say that, you know, it's at least 60% of my business is wedding related. What do you propose exactly for destination wedding clients willing to work, uh, to get married, sorry, in France? Well, um, there's a couple different services that I offer that could be interesting to um, couples looking to marry in France or in other parts of Europe. Um, First, I think, um, is the venue search that I do. Um, So that's when I help the bridal couple or sometimes even their wedding planner find the perfect venue in France or Italy or a Mediterranean island that they want. Um, Another thing that I do is vendor referral. Um, And uh, sometimes, you know, the, the, the client already has a wedding planner and they're all from San Diego. So they don't have a complete um, list of vendors or venues that they have they think that they need in France or sometimes um I'm just helping with logistics and finding the right thing and getting it to the right place because maybe they're working with uh they want to get married in France and they're working with a French wedding planner but that wedding planner doesn't know where to get some specific thing maybe they want a antique furniture or they want um, something really specialty. And um, so I find it and I make sure that it gets to where it needs to be at the right time. Um, And then another thing that I do, which I think is unique, and anybody listening out there who knows somebody else who's doing this, contact me and let me know because I'd be very interested. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and so I'm inventing a name, which is um, guest travel packages. And these guest travel packages are um, specifically designed for destination weddings. Because um, what I noticed is that there was this kind of gap, a need that needed to be filled um, for the the guests of the wedding who are traveling to attend the wedding. Because the wedding planner obviously has her hand full 
um, organizing and planning and coordinating the wedding. Um, and, and the bride uh, has, well, she's probably got her five hands full of living her life, getting her together, you know, doing dress fittings and hair tests and tastings and everything, you know, mm-hmm. um, but there's nobody really assigned to taking care of the guests and brides may be surprised to learn that this is not the job of the wedding planner. Um, believe it or not, they, they're busy doing other stuff, you know? Um, so what happens is like, yeah, there's nobody assigned to this role. Um, and what happens is like, it might land in the lap of either the bride or the planner at the last minute. And for either case, like this is a sure route to overwhelm either for the planner or total overwhelm for the bride and a sure way to like ruin her whole experience because, you know, who wants to be the travel agent for a hundred guests? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really true. Yeah, it really, I, really yeah. makes sense to me. Right. I mean, 100%. It's something that maybe they're not thinking about in advance, but the reality is that there is this need. Somebody has got to do it. Um, so I have figured out a way to um, do travel planning for these guests that costs mm-hmm. the bride nothing and it costs the planner nothing. I take care of everything and the guests have a better experience. The bride has a better overall experience because she's not trying to handle it herself. And the planner does a much better job at planning the wedding because she knows that somebody else is taking care of all this stuff and that she's not going to get 25 phone calls the day of, <laughs> I can't find parking or my cell phone's not working or nobody picked us up or I'm lost, you know, of <laughs> so, course. you know, there's somebody else handling all of that. So the guest travel package is typically uh, includes um, transport from the airport or train station or whatever uh, to the accommodation, transport to and from the venue, the day of the event. Um, and usually there's maybe one group activity, uh, maybe a wine tasting or a boat day or a, a tour on the on a barge on the canal or something like this. Um, and then maybe like um, a dinner, a group dinner. Um, and what is included in the guest travel package is something that I discuss with the bride. And the bride will can tell me, okay, I, I really want to have a, you know, a, a theme to these activities. Like, or my people love wine. We want it to be all about wine, you know, or, you know, my people are really into food and we want to have a cooking class or my, mm-hmm. my family is really into food, but my husband's family is really into wine. So they want to do a wine tasting. My people want to do um, a cooking class. Um, but everybody wants to have a group dinner together or something like that. Um, and typically we have um, two or three different packages for the guests to choose from. So maybe there's going to be one family package where you can stay at a villa with another family. And um, and then there's like a kid-friendly activity that we all do together or that they all do together. And then there's like a singles package where... 
all the single people in the house want to get together and stay at like kind of more a happening hipster hotel right. where they're going to have, you know, a bachelorette party or a bachelor night or something like that. Go to a nightclub, have a dance party. Um, and then maybe there's like the, the couple's package where they want to stay at a more quiet romantic place you know and maybe they're going to have a package as part of their deal i don't know so it i have a consult consultation with the bride and we talk about you know who her people are what they like what kind of you know are they mostly families are they mostly couples are they young people who want to party um and and we come up with something that we think that will they'll like um and because of my professional discounts that I get and um, I'm working, I have the leverage of a group discount as well, I'm able to save money. So even with my fee, which is included in the guest travel package price, um, the guest typically saves money, doesn't spend as much as if they had planned it on their own. Um, right. Yeah. And so really everybody wins, you know, doesn't cost the Seems like, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Seems like it's the winning, the winning equation. How did you, how did you find it? I, you know, I just saw this need and then I figured out a way to do it where like, wow, this is genius. Everybody gets what they want and everybody's happy. Um, And when I explain this to wedding planners, they're like, wow, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Because, you know, it is their life a lot easier and it just takes a whole layer of anxiety off their plate and the same for the bride. So once people learn about what I'm doing and what I'm offering, um, it's a pretty easy sell. People pretty much do it. Definitely. When I listen to you, it seems like you have millions of ID at the same time. But on the other hand, you're... Uh, the way you're talking is very slow and relaxed. How do you get this... Uh, tranquility when you're rushing through your business day? Ooh, um, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think that staying in the moment and doing one step at a time is, is really important um, because I do a better job when I'm just doing what I'm doing in that moment and not worrying about all the other things I have to do. And, you know, that's kind of a, a paradigm that I can, that I can apply to my travel um, planning as well and how I, how I, I want to plan a vacation for somebody because if they're worrying about catching the train that they need to get in the afternoon so they can make it to the next town in order to check off their 15 point checklist of all the things that they do on their, on their list, then they're not enjoying the crepe that they're eating right now at this table. You know, they're like 100%. stuffing their face with the crepe because they don't want to miss the train, you know? Yes. But you forget the now. Yeah. But if there's no train to catch, then they can really enjoy that crepe, <laughs> you know? <laughs> True. It's really, really nice and makes makes a lot of sense to uh, go back, especially like you said at the start of our conversation, go back to the present moment in, uh, in these troubled times is sometimes difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we just need to like set up our environment to allow that to happen. And it's not going to happen when you're rushing around. 100%. And do you have plans or projects that you want to talk about today? 
Um, yes, I do actually. Um, I am so, so, so excited um, about this big project that I've been working on this summer, which is my Provence venue guide. Um, okay. Yeah. Tell us a bit more about it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So um, this is another thing that um, kind of grew up out of a need that I saw. Um, you know, I do a lot of venue searches for people, okay. for companies, for planners, for brides, people on vacation. And I started noticing two things. One, um, I would... I would have like, let's say it's a, a venue guide, a venue search, a wedding venue search. I no started noticing that the information that I was sending um, was getting kind of repetitive. Like I would just had this, you know, people would come to me typically wanting similar things, maybe with one or two little variations. And um, I could send them a list of different things. Maybe I have like five that I already had in my list and then maybe three more that I had to research a little bit to add and find like the special thing that they wanted. Um, so I noticed that, hey, I'm kind of like developing this list of venues that I will recommend over and over again. And then the other thing that I was noticing is that um, getting the information from the venues was really difficult. Um, and as an American who has like a really high, high standard of mm -hmm. customer service, um, yes. coming to France and then, you know, having to adjust to this different level of customer service. Um, was sometimes really frustrating for me. And I know really, really frustrating for my clients when they would start working with these venues or trying to get information from the venues directly themselves. Um, and in the end, that's why they come to me because they just are not getting the, um, the replies from venues that they, they needed to make their decision, you know? So um, what I had this I had this idea that hey I need to make um this a venue guide that can help brides and planners find the venue that they want um and and okay I'm cutting myself out of this equation um but um you know I can do I can only do so many custom venue searches in a month with all the other things that I'm doing. But if I make a guide, I can help a lot more people because they can just buy the guide and, and search it themselves, you know? Um, but getting the information from each vendor, believe it or not, is, is really, really difficult. I do know that. And actually I'm trying to create a massive reaction from my people because I'm a French national um, to encourage all my fellow French citizens to wake up on that side because yeah, the standard sometimes, not, not everyone uh, luckily, but sometimes that could be really overwhelming, especially for Americans uh, willing to 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 have the right information at the right time. Yes, timing is so important. Um, Very much. And if you are catering to um, 
a foreign client, you really need to have this together. Um, and, you know, and so what happens is like, I can only of maybe like eight venues that meet my client's criteria, I'm able to recommend five because I know that three of those venues do not have the customer service that my client is going to want or expect. And so I can't even recommend them because I know it's just going to like create problems. For my mm-hmm. client. Yeah. But no good. If I have a guide that has all that information already there, then they can just take a look at the guide and they can review 45 venues at one time, you know, right. And instead of taking months to figure it out, um, because literally some of these venues, like I, it takes months, months, months of, you know, 10, 20 emails, um, f- you know, several phone calls a week to get basic mm-hmm. information like right. price or how many bedrooms do you have? Uh, do you have a catering kitchen? on-site parking, mm-hmm. you know, like really basic stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And things that you need to organize everything on the... Yeah, or even to know whether this venue is feasible or not for what I wanted mm-hmm. or for my client, you know. Um, and a lot of venues, and this is good for the venues too, because, you know, a lot of venues took so long to get back to me that, you know, maybe three months later, they're like, Oh yeah, we've got three bedrooms. I'm like, uh, that client is already married and done. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. That ship has sailed, you know? Yeah. So exactly. It it also helps the, the venues because if they're listed in this guide and the client has all the information, they're able to make a decision about, oh, okay, I want to pursue this venue because they've got that pet town court that I need, or they've got the 50 parking spaces that I want, or they have the nomad tent that I envision, you know? Uh, but if that venue takes three months to get back to them saying, yeah, we've got that tent, um, they, they're not going to get that business because that customer has already made a decision months ago. Seems like when I listen to you, I once again realize that you are some kind of time manager because at the end of the day, seems like all you're providing is uh, is time to your client, which is the most important thing. Which is a luxury. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it goes back to our to to your motto: "Slow travel is the new luxury." It really makes sense. And this guide, we can find it already online. Um, it will be. By the time you you broadcast this podcast, it will be. <laughs> I'm just Perfect. finishing touches on it now. Um, and yeah, in terms of you write about time saving, it's a massive time saver, especially if you're a planner. Um, and you know, you're gonna have to be looking at a database of 30, 40 venues in one season for your, you know, maybe five or ten weddings that you're doing every year um Mm -hmm. it's going to save you so much time because for i'm kind of guesstimating that each listing that i have and there's 45 in this venue guide each listing takes me about 12 hours of research 
Okay. So everything is uh, packed and yeah. full of information let's, guide. Let's just say 10 to like make it an easy math. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's like a lot of time. That I it is, yeah. And this is all time that I'm saving the planner or the bride, you know, um, that's 450 hours. And that's not, yeah. that's not talking about the 15 venues that I researched that just didn't make the cut, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it's not counting the time and cost it took me to um, do site visits or take photos right. or any of those things. Just for the information that's in the guide is like 450 hours of, of work. Um, so that's a lot of time. Or if it's a business for you, if you're a planner, that's a lot of money that you've saved on, on research, you know? So for a fraction of that, you can have everything in your hands in one go and be able to refer to these venues over and over again um, year after year. And, you know, you don't have to do the research, which is, I think, a real, real time and money saver for people. Definitely. So I will I will not leave uh, a link to the guide in the show notes, but I will put the, your website. Where, where can people find you online? You can find me at traveler.com. That's T-R-A-V-E-L-L-U-R.com, like travellure.com. Mm -hmm. I hope that by the time you publish this podcast, I will give you a link, a direct link that you can put in your show notes um, mm -hmm. or to buy the, the venue guide. And I also want to say a little bit more about the guide in that there's three parts to it. So there's a part for hotels and B&Bs, like bread and breakfast, and then another section for villas and another section for dedicated wedding venues um, so that you can just buy one section. If you know that you want to do it at a hotel, you just buy the hotel part. Or if you know okay. you want to do it at a private villa, you just buy the, the villa part. Or if you're a wedding planner, you can buy all three for a discounted price. Okay, makes a lot of sense. Perfect. So people are free to contact you. I will leave the website in the show notes. And then once it will be published, I will just update the show notes with the guide to the link, guys. Coco, thank you so much for taking the time, which is a new luxury, <laughs> to be with us today. And uh, I hope we can uh, meet in the real world of Paris very soon. I do too. Well, um, I I feel like this was time well spent, Naeem. I'm so glad Definitely. to be here and have an opportunity to talk about things that I'm passionate about. Um, and uh, share with your listeners how I think that I can make their wedding in France easier and slower. Great words to end on. Thank you so much again. Thanks, Naeem. Have a great day. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to the show today. You can find more information on our guests in the show notes, as well as my contact and my website. If you have any questions regarding your French wedding, I'm happy to help. Also, please do not hesitate to leave a review for the show. There's also a link for that. 
that will literally take one minute of your precious time and will mean the world to me. I always appreciate your support. Thank you again very much for your time and feedback. Wishing you a great day or a great night anywhere you are in the world. I send you some good vibrations and we'll talk to you again soon for a new episode. Bye-bye.